0: must not go back to Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. That help will always be given at Hogwarts to those who ask for it. It is not our abilities that show what we truly are, it is our choices.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to Hogwarts, a podcast. I'm your host, Dan, and we have Elizabeth back to discuss, dare I say, one of her favorite chapters (laughs) in all of Harry Potter. Um, Not the
0: favorite, but it's up there.
1: It's up there. Uh, (laughs) Just a pull behind the curtain of how uh, the podcast works is she specifically requested to come on for this chapter (laughs) a long time ago. Um, So I... uh,
0: Okay, I gave into the
1: request. To why, but... We'll get into why. We'll get into why. We'll have a non-spoiler discussion like usual, and then she is going to have a bunch of rants <laughs> and a bunch of venting sessions in the spoiler. It will be very entertaining, so please stick around for that. <laughs> but uh, in the meantime, <laughs> let's talk about other things <laughs> that happen in this chapter. Uh, we're going to start with Filch, our, our main man, Filch. Um, so... Uh, Harry gets in trouble for tracking in mud. Right. Which is, according From to their Filch... their
0: Quidditch practice. Yes.
1: Yes. Which, according to Filch, is a crime mm. committed against the school, um, to which Harry has to then answer for it. Mm-hmm. So he gets brought down to his office. So now we've seen Snape's office, and we've seen Filch's office. And they're both not the greatest offices in the world.
0: They're not fun... I mean, I do enjoy the fact that he's got a whole drawer for Fred and George of just their punishments. He's got filing cabinets galore in this office.
1: I I want to point out (laughs) the smell of fried fish in his office. And I'm pointing that out. If you were listening to the Hogwarts Tournament of Houses competition that we had here on the podcast, go check those out. Um, We had very interesting competitions between all of us. Um, Or if you watched the actual competition on TBS or Cartoon Network or wherever you saw it, um, one of the answers to something was Filch's Fish and Chips.
0: Oh, yeah. It was like an answer
1: to one of the questions. It was obviously a fake answer. But that's where that comes from. (laughs) (laughs) So um, that's where that fake answer came from. It's a ridiculous answer, but, you know, Mm fine. So Harry's um, in
0: the office, and yeah. Filch is writing off his detention form, and he gets distracted.
1: Yeah, he gets distracted by this big loud crash, and Harry takes the opportunity while Filch is away investigating. Uh, to kind well, he of... felt
0: like he shouldn't leave. He'd be in more trouble if he leaves his office. So he just like he's like ah, right. So he's get sitting around. there in the office
1: and uh, spots this weird looking letter on Filch's desk.
0: A quick spell.
1: Yeah, which reads like, she puts in this writing almost like it's a commercial.
0: It's like an infomercial. It
1: is like an infomercial, like a late at night.
0: Do you struggle with your magic? Do you have spells that do not work? Are your potions feeble? Would you prefer to transform things without them going wrong? Try quick spell.
1: Listen to this testimony from a guy who turned his wife into a yak.
0: Yay! Um, yeah. Which makes me wonder if it's like legitimate or just like a scam, a wizarding scam.
1: I would lean towards scam.
0: I would probably lean Personally. towards it too.
1: I would lean towards scam.
0: It's really pride on those those poor people who are not as great with magic as they would like to be for one reason or another. Right.
1: Uh, which we can get we can into get more in the spoiler if we wanted to, but I mean. Yeah, I, I think it's a complete, complete <laughs> joke. Um, but anyway, he comes, uh, Filch comes back.
0: He's discovers, very embarrassed by this. Yeah, discovers that
1: Harry didn't put the letter back in exactly the right spot. And uh, Filch was, I guess, the most quote-unquote mad that Harry has ever seen him. Yeah. Not, not mad as an angry, mad as in No, right?
0: embarrassment. And just tried to, like, rush yeah. him out of the office as quickly as possible.
1: Yeah. Um, so, that was the first round of Filch. We'll talk about Filch uh, a little bit more later on as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but before Harry kind of got in trouble by Filch, uh, he ran into uh, nearly headless Nick and mm-hmm. had this conversation. Yeah. And Nick uh, lets him know that it's his 500th death day, <laughs> um, which is an interesting concept.
0: Which is on Halloween. He died on in 1492,
1: in the year Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Right. Yes, um, <laughs> inter- it, yeah, it's interesting. So, which also then tells you that this story is taking place in 1992.
0: Right. If, if you hadn't right
1: put those two dots together, 1992. Mm-hmm. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, Nick's 500th death day party,
0: and he's upset because you know he got a letter from uh, Sir. What was his name? Exactly. Patrick Delaney Podmore. Right. I did look because he he sassily calls him Sir Properly Decapitated Podmore, which cracks me up so much.
1: It is a wonderful turn of phrase. Yeah.
0: So no, He did, He got rejected from the Headless Hut, which was upsetting for him, and of course Harry was upset because Quidditch didn't go as well as the Slytherins' practice has gone with their Nimbus two thousands and ones. Um. So yeah, he got. He tracked in the mud. Filch caught him. And to kind of help him out, um, Nick went to convince Peeves to go smash uh, the vanishing cabinet above Filch's office to distract him. Which it worked. So thank you, Nick.
1: It did work. <clears throat> um, but Harry, in his haste to stop the awkward conversation <laughs> with, with <laughs> and Nick... And just to
0: be nice.
1: And to be nice. He, he agreed to go to this party. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Properly convinces, uh, promptly convinces Hermione and Ron to uh, right. go with.
0: Well, Nick said they could come too.
1: Which Hermione finds fascinating because honestly,
0: I it I, is fascinating. It is fascinating.
1: I would give her that, and like the <laughs> curiosity and her point of how many living people get invited to these things. Right. right. So I must admit, I would follow Hermione's logic of like this is probably a once, once in, in a, a lifetime a, thing, yeah. lifetime kind of thing, like or
0: afterlife thing. <laughs>
1: Well, it's a five hundred you know, afterlife kind of thing, but yeah,
0: once in your life.
1: But yeah, for for those that are living,
0: I think it's Ron, a rare opportunity. Ron think. definitely though wishes that they could have just gone straight to the feast, maybe first for a little bit, and then fed themselves, and then go to the party. That probably would have been wise. They could have been fashionably late. The feast sounded really fun, though. Mm-hmm. They said that like there's rumors that Dumbledore hired a troop of dancing skeletons, which could have been very entertaining to watch. How does that work? I don't know, but I want to see it. Cause I,
1: I mean, I shouldn't just.
0: Maybe they just charm them.
1: I would assume that's it.
0: There's probably like some wizard that has skeletons at their disposal, and they just. Well, they do don't magic. have to be real.
1: They could be like fake skeletons.
0: I feel like they would be real.
1: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> anyway, uh, there's also live bats,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: which might freak some people out. Mm-hmm. I don't have. I don't personally have this issue with bats. I
0: don't either, but I know you guys were talking about this with the first year Halloween of the disgustingness of having bats just flying around. There'd be a
1: lot of guano,
0: though. I don't know how they'd
1: figure that one out. (laughs) they just charm that one.
0: It'd just be gross.
1: Giant pumpkin lanterns that Hagrid has been growing, which I had imagined would look stunning. Well,
0: they said, like, three people could fit in one. That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, they're, like, carriage-sized. They're almost, like, Cinderella (laughs) pumpkin-sized um but yeah so that's pretty cool uh well they don't go to that so they go to the dungeon that that they have reserved
0: which i liked the contrast between the two because (laughs) they talked about like how the great hall has all the candles and it's very cozy feeling and stuff they have they have candles too but they said how they're like blue flames and it's more you you feel the physical cold but the the atmosphere is cold and
1: it's like a black candle and a blue flame yeah which is super super cool (laughs) I loved it. It just made me think of uh, a little something different, but the black flame candle in Hocus Pocus. Mm, yeah, yeah. That's what that made me think of, Yeah. But a little different here. Yeah. Um, they hear this screeching, like, nails on a chalkboard as they're getting closer <laughs> to the dungeon, and Ron makes the astute observation is like, is that
0: supposed to be music? <laughs> well, everything is like, is that supposed to be music? Is that supposed to be food? Is that supposed to be, like, entertainment? Like, none of this is... It's, well, what the living would enjoy. Hermione makes another astute
1: observation later when they get to the food and it's all rotten food. Mm-hmm. And she makes this really, really smart comment about, like, I bet you they let it go rotten so they can almost taste it. So right. the flavor's more pungent.
0: Right. Which then I guess can go smell. I would say no. I would say no, too. So it's really like we're letting it rot for nothing.
1: Oh, it's probably just. I I don't know. For the just left over from something? I don't don't even know. From
0: the last death day party.
1: (laughs) Very possible. (laughs) Uh, 500 years ago? I don't know. Um,
0: I do want to talk a little bit, not like my excited rant, but just the variety of ghosts that are hanging around. I mean, there's ones from the castle, but there's also like those who got invited. And we do meet a new ghost who has apparently been in the castle this whole time that the girls would be aware of. Moaning Myrtle. Um, and of course, we see her getting taunted horribly by Peeves, who's enjoying all of this. The
1: Peeves was pretty brutal. <laughs> Peeves was pretty brutal. Like, early Ron level, but more so.
0: Oh, yeah. Brutal. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> but yeah, the girls would know of her, because uh, she resides in the girl's bathroom.
0: Right. Which, but when I read it, I always kind of crack up, because like, yeah, girls do like to spend time in the bathroom, and she... She died in the bathroom, so she spends a lot of her afterlife in the bathroom.
1: That she does. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, there's a there's a lot of different aspects to the Death Day party. Do you think? Here's my question: <clears throat> So they had like a saw orchestra, which was the nails on the chalkboard sounding. Right. Um, just because they're dead, and I get the food thing, like letting it go rot. You can't taste it. You can't eat it anyway. Right. You can't even smell it. And I let I, I get letting it go rotten just to almost have the taste of the pungent flavor. Right. But as far as the music goes,
0: <laughs> why is why? it so awful? Yeah, why? Because it's celebrating death. It's you, supposed to be a morning me, a mourning of his. You're lost telling me life they don't go from into five hundred years ago. You don't tell me that they go
1: into the great hall and they enjoy like <laughs> good sounding things. Of
0: course they do. Come on. It's supposed to be depressing morbid. There's depressing good party. music. You could be on pitch <laughs> and on <tone. laughs> We could just have like emo music playing. That's fine. You <laughs> can I have My Chemical Romance. Yeah. Welcome to the Black Parade on repeat. Oh my gosh. That is going to be my death I day party. I just figured, Elizabeth. I'm
1: sorry. I,
0: that is going to be my death day party when I become a ghost. And I hope you all enjoy it. You're all invited. You now get my
1: point. <laughs> you now understand where I'm coming from. <laughs> Like, it doesn't have to be that. Come on now. But I anyway. think Nick
0: is just trying to go for the impressive, like, sad tone to it. To to really try to make himself seem, you know, cooler than he now is 500 years after his death. Just being the Gryffindor ghost.
1: <laughs> anyway. Uh,
0: they do escape the party.
1: They do eventually escape the party, but they walk into quite the scene. Mm-hmm. Um and we get another cliffhanger. We had a cliffhanger in the last uh chapter with the Harry hearing voices. Which he
0: hears the voice again. Yes. And they of course have to follow the voice because curiosity, we can't help ourselves. And well, then Harry has to. The other are like, what are up. you doing? Right, right. And then they see on the wall the chamber seekers mm-hmm. has been open. Enemies of the air, beware. Yes. Which just imagine if you saw like I mean it's it's not blood, but it's red. And you saw that, like, painted on the walls of your high school. That'd be a pretty traumatic thing. I feel like the school would shut down. You know, try to do some investigation Mm -hmm. whatnot. Definitely, like, Ron said, not, like, a scene that you want to be found at.
1: No. (laughs) Uh, That's one of the things that should be obvious, but also needs to be said. Right. (laughs) Like, we should probably leave.
0: Well, because, of course, I see poor Mrs. Norris there, and they're... Gryffindor sense is immediately, I want to help. How is she hung up
1: on the lantern? By her tail. Yeah, but is the tail, like, curled around the lantern? No. Or, or, like, <laughs> is it, like... <laughs> like, I got that. I was like, how is it hanging there? It was
0: just, like... It was maybe, like, a hook. Like, a little, like, ornament hook.
1: I mean, that's how I took it. But it's, like, they don't really specify. And I'm like, <laughs> how is the... Yeah. <laughs> sorry.
0: I felt bad for Mrs. Norris, so I know people are, like... Well, we you know, have that on your notes felt. here. You have poor Mrs. I mean, Norris with a, a frowny face. She's a cat, and I love cats. <laughs>
1: she is. Uh, we can get into Mrs. Norris a little bit in spoiler. I mean, we don't need to,
0: but, like, I, yeah, I just feel bad.
1: We'll get there. Um, <laughs> anyway, we should probably stop here because uh, most of what we want to talk about we'll just unload in the spoiler <laughs> section, so uh, be prepared all of that, (laughs) because Elizabeth is going to come hard in the spoiler section, so I will try to contain as best as I can.
0: No containment, just let me go. Uh
1: (laughs) Uh-huh. So, come on back for that. It will be really good. Amazing! This is just like magic! Alright, so we are back from break. Uh, I wanted to touch up on some Filch-related things uh, to start off the spoiler section.
0: Filch and Mrs. Norris. This is the first time I feel bad for Filch.
1: Mrs. Norris is the first one to spot Harry coming in with the muddy uh, shoes and quidditch outfit. And then literally seconds after that, Filch comes bursting through a tapestry.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, So here's... Something's going on there, right? Like, there's a deeper connection. Mm Mm-hmm. But no non magical. I know you love your cat. <laughs> but she's adorable. <laughs> if Pandora got loose somewhere, Pandora's her cat. If, if Pandora got loose somewhere, and like, God forbid she gets out mm-hmm. and she's just gone, I would freak. You'd freak. Because you know why you'd freak? You'd have <laughs> no idea where she went to. This is a massive castle. <laughs> How does Filch know exactly which hallway?
0: I mean, like, I guess she's in. I mean, Pandora does tend to follow me around in my apartment, which granted is an apartment, not a seven floor castle.
1: I get her following him.
0: But him following her.
1: But her being, or but him being able to find, like, she spots, <laughs> hey, Peeves is over here doing something or this student's not where he's supposed to be.
0: Yeah.
1: And then Filch shows up like two seconds later. How does that happen?
0: I don't know he's got cat sense.
1: <laughs> it's just, oh, it's always been weird to me, and I've never had that question answered. <laughs> if you remember, like, I don't think it's ever been answered, and correct me if I'm wrong. I, might I thought have...
0: it got answered in, like, one of the movies that I haven't seen. Mm, I don't know about that. Maybe, I thought there were, like, rumors that, like, Mrs. Norris was, like, a person.
1: That could be, uh, considering how they worked Nagini um, in, in one of the Fantastic Beasts movies. Uh, they made Nagini an actual person that had a, some cursed blood disorder that turned her into a snake. Anyway, uh, that could, I suppose, be. Um, but when I was uh, in the fan forums back in the day before Deathly Hallows came out, uh, rumors were rampant that Mrs. Norris was a big player in book seven because <laughs> she's clearly otherworldly. She's not a normal cat. So is she, I wonder if she
0: has conversations with McGonagall.
1: Is she an animagus? Was she... got stuck? A a cursed being of some sort that got stuck? Whatever. People were, like, all over the place, kind of spinning these theories that never got answered, obviously.
0: And I also wonder how long she's been alive, because cats can live a decent length of time, but usually not... Much longer than fifteen, sixteen. Years. Again, like a scabber
1: situation, right? Where a rat is still Choos- alive, choosing
0: to stay in that form.
1: Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It, it's just weird. Yeah, it's a little weird. Their connection is obviously not a normal connection. thing, right? Um, so I just wanted to kind of put that out there, anyway. Yeah. Uh, so vanishing cabin got broken, huh?
0: It did, and we were discussing in the break. So we vanishing. Fought. We actually we, we were down. fighting a little bit. So the Vanishing Cabinet, we know, is massively important for later on. And it ends up in the Room of Requirements. And so obviously Filch had to take the cabinet to the room, which Dan doesn't think he can get into the room. I think he can because we do know that he has found cleaning supplies in that room before. I don't know if it's Dobby who said that or Dumbledore who said that. I feel like it was Dobby. But, like, he knows of the room. So if he put the cabinet in the room, I think he did that as a way to hide it because he doesn't want anyone to know that it got broken on his watch because then if there's further discussion, we're going to talk about the quick spell and then it's going to come out even more like why he was so distracted.
1: Here's my thinking. I will relent on he can use the room because Hogwarts discerns that like that otherworldly magic that like will of whatever magic
0: the castle wills it kind of (laughs) yeah um
1: i will relent that he can access the room
0: well we know he can't because he can get cleaning supplies
1: (laughs) here's the thing does he knowingly manipulate it or is he capable of figuring that out that puzzle do you know what i'm saying
0: well, I, I mean, like, we know the room requirement. You have to walk past it three times, back, forth, back. Yeah. And then you have to be thinking the entire time of I what need you want. Yeah. So if he's known, like, he's walked past it to find cleaning supplies there, and then, like, if he goes back later and it's not there because he doesn't need it, well, then he would know that I need a place to hide something.
1: Do you think he could figure out that that's what opened it?
0: Yeah, or, I would think so, if he's, if he's been is his imagination custodian for this long.
1: I know he knows secrets of Hogwarts.
0: Right.
1: The rumor requirement's not a secret that many know about. But
0: he does know about and
1: it. And it's not on the, the map that no, he has, so nor not. does he, not that I'm... I, he I'm doesn't not, know how to
0: work the map. I don't
1: think he knows how to work the map either. He
0: just knows it's like, it's something. So,
1: so <laughs> there's this room, I just don't... Let's say he puts it in there. Let's say he puts the Well, we know he ca-
0: did, because that's why it got there. <laughs> we don't... It
1: doesn't explicitly say Filch put it in there, but...
0: Well, who else would put it in? Nick well, can't, Nick can't, like, move it.
1: No, but, I mean, maybe Dumbledore put it in there. Can maybe go Dumbledore, to Dumbledore got I like our... broke
0: the really expensive vanishing cabinet. Sure. Sorry. I feel like Dumbledore would then repair it. Can you it. repair it? I oh well, yeah, it can get repaired. I,
1: I'm, what if he does that and Dumbledore just doesn't want to deal with it? I don't know.
0: I feel like Dumbledore would, like, very quickly fix it. Probably. McGonagall would probably also... It's probably a
1: complicated bit of magic, though. I can't I would think
0: either Filch hit it, or he got Snape to help him hide it.
1: Maybe. Maybe. Um, but I guess my point is, let's say he puts it in there. Mm-hmm. And he puts it in this room of things. Lots and
0: lots of things. Lots and lots of things.
1: things. There's nothing else in that room that would intrigue him, or... Tempt him or whatever? Like,
0: I-, I think it's just the embarrassment of the quick spell and being a squib. And the knowledge that he can't fix this magically because he is a squib. So, and the embarrassment of this is broken on my watch... And he's kind of distracted by, like, I just need this. a place to hide this. I need a place to hide this, and I need to go take care of that letter, and I need to go complain to Dumbledore about Peeves because this should get him expelled. You know, I think it's just, like, it's just a I'm going to put this away, I can't fix it, maybe I'll get someone else to fix it later on, who knows. But I'll just forget about it, because it's in that room, never to be revisited until Malfoy finds it. I don't
1: know. I just have my doubts of Filch's capabilities.
0: Let us know what you think. Oh, I'm
1: sure Anna's going to hate me for it. Anyway, uh, moving on. Um, Alright. We've delayed long enough. Um, Elizabeth is going (laughs) to tackle some ghost thoughts. I'm going to try to come back with whatever knowledge I could have found. Uh, Where do you want to start?
0: The ghost paper.
1: Ghost paper. Oh
0: my gosh, you guys. Every single time I reread this. The fact that Nick has a transparent letter fascinates me for so many reasons. Like, okay.
1: That's clearly written on.
0: It's written on and it got delivered. How? 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 Okay. So, like, we know that, like, if you go to a craft store, you can buy transparent paper. um, But it's still manipulated. Like, you can feel it. You can touch it. So, that's not this type of paper. Nick can't touch things you can't manipulate things so this paper had to be specifically made for ghosts so my question is how does it get made like do they take a dead tree and turn it into paper and then it's like the ghost of the tree or was it like you take a sheet of paper and you put it in a potion and then that like develops it the same way we were talking about developing Pictures, more realistic. Does <laughs> that more realistic? Does that develop it into ghost paper? But then it would have to be created by a living wizard. So you would need a living wizard to be working for the ghosts, like a living like secretary to ghosts to create this paper. But then also you would you probably need a ghost quill, right? Unless you're writing on the paper first. And then developing it in the potion, in which case this ghost needs to, like, dictate it to you before you write it on the paper. But then there's also, like, like how does it get sent to the ghost? Is there, like, a dead owl sending it? Like, like clearly owls need to hold it. Like, can it – does it come in a, a, a real envelope that an owl can touch? Or does it need to be, like – but then how does that get taken out of the envelope? Like, I just have so many questions.
1: All right. I'm, I'm going to – Try my best with <laughs> thoughts, and then with some actual research that I did for this. Okay. Uh, admittedly, and I looked. There's not a whole lot on ghosts. <laughs> no, and i Harry Potter.
0: looking too. There's there's nothing on the paper.
1: Uh, J- yeah, there isn't. Uh, JK <laughs> did write something for Wizarding World, uh, but it was very very generalized. Mostly stuff we honestly already knew. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um,
1: so nothing really to take note of in her writing about ghosts. Um. Now, there are theories <laughs> um, that, to your point, like potions or magic. Or like
0: a charm, maybe? That can help. But a living wizard would have to do a that. A living
1: wizard would have to. There's supposedly a spirit division of the Department uh... for Regulation and Control of Magical Creatures. Really? Supposedly, that's what I'm reading here on the Harry Potter.
0: I'm surprised page. that's not in like the um, Department of Mysteries.
1: It uh, could be part of it. I don't know. Huh. Um, but the ministry, which makes sense, if if there's so they have a department for everything, right? Right. Uh, versus all types of magic, right? It would then stand to believe that there would be a department that be like, hey, we should probably do something with all the ghosts. Like, I wonder if how?
0: anyone like if you have to go through the department to put in a request to become a ghost. Well, I would assume there'd be
1: <laughs> a living <laughs> wizard. Witcher, wizard. Mm-hmm. And then there'd also be a ghost representative working at
0: the ministry. Yeah, maybe.
1: Um, to kind of... Obviously, you'd have to have some sort of representative. <laughs> yeah. I would imagine. Just like any other magical creature. I'm sure centaurs have... Well,
0: because we know Nick said how, like, way, way later, how when people come to him to ask him about the afterlife after they've had a death in their, like, in their family, like, how there's so many questions with it. And he said that people at the department, or at the ministry to study it, Um, but he said, like, it has to be a wizard, and that makes me think there has to be some type of spell or something that needs to be done, or I wonder if it's, like, it's a choice you make, right, at the brink of death, and then that is what lets you come back?
1: I, I have, (laughs) I think there's some wiggle room in that there is a branch of magic that can deal with it. Mm -hmm. Um, so there might be that. However, the one other thing that I saw that could also be part of it is uh, you've had questions about Professor Binns in the past. <laughs> how does he grade?
0: Right.
1: Um, so here's <laughs> what I found on that is, um, just like where they died uh, is important to where they're actually haunting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, for example, Myrtle in that girl's bathroom. Right. Um. Well, Binns died as a teacher.
0: I bet he died at his death grading.
1: Well, he—I think he died in the teachers' lounge, <laughs> and then noticed it. Thought it was time to get up for class. I just went. Got to- up, but he was dead, and the ghost <laughs> got up and went to class. So my point is, the theory behind that is since he died as a teacher and he was literally trying to go teach, right? Everything that's incumbent in that profession that action that he was trying to do at the time of his death is still available to him so he can manipulate so he can
0: manipulate the pens
1: quills parchment Well,
0: see i don't know about that cuz like we know that's the
1: theory that's been we know a
0: poltergeist can do that ghosts can mess with whatever the heck Correct. he wants but the ghosts i mean you can walk through them you get very very cold when that happens but like i mean when nick gets you know shot with the, the basilisk Like, he becomes a a black smoke kind of a thing. Like, there's... He can't touch anything with the death day party. Well, he can't can't, die twice. Yeah, he can't eat anything. He can't, like, do anything. Well, this
1: goes into the potion that was made from Professor Sprout and Pomfrey.
0: Yeah, like, how did that potion get delivered to him?
1: That's a branch of magic that I'm sure they probably had to consult
0: on. Like, vaporize it.
1: (laughs) I don't know. But but that's similar to what we're discussing. Right. that... There has to be a branch of magic that deals with that. With ghosts. Yeah. Um, But anyway, there's been that thought too. I mean, to your point, the ghosts in the Heidel's Hunt were playing polo. Right. The polo stick. The polo mallet. How?
0: Well, I imagined it was a a ghost one, an invisible one.
1: Yeah, but it's still. That didn't die. Did they die with that in their hand? That's what
0: I'm wondering. Like, yeah, (laughs) maybe. Like, they. I was thinking, like, if the living know that the Headless Hunt is a social group in the afterlife, could they go pick up the things that they want to take with them? Like, I mean, they say you can't take it with you, but here maybe you can. And then you die with those objects.
1: Were they polo players that died while playing polo?
0: I don't know. See, that's what I was wondering about Patrick... a
1: road polo ball, a ball decapitated a player, and now well, they're... that's
0: why i wanted like Patrick Podmore. I mean, and like... the
1: horse it would have to it would have to injure the horse too.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you can find a dead horse and take it with you. I
1: guess I don't know. <laughs> you can't lead a dead horse to polo. <laughs>
0: um, I just like I wondered like if the living if the living wizard is like yeah I don't want to go to beyond, I want to Mm -hmm. stay in this life, and they know that the Headless Hunt is a thing, maybe not very well known, but maybe if they've done some research of what's available to them, I mean, could they request being beheaded as their death so that they could join it and then be more social? Because, I mean, Nick clearly wants that social aspect, but...
1: He was... (laughs) Hit 45 times with a blunt axe. Bit
0: painful.
1: First of all, to kill someone, you really just have to get through the spinal cord. <laughs> and he's left with what? Like a half inch yeah. of, of skin. skin and sinew left? <laughs> so it took 45 hacks. And then it must have just like completely went through almost <laughs> on the last one. So it took like 44 hacks. Just to get through the spinal cord? Maybe his
0: killer just, like, lost his energy by the end of it. He's like, ah, half an inch, he's dead. That is crazy. (laughs) Mercy. Well, yeah, if you wanted to avoid Nick's fate, could you request being beheaded for your death so that you could join this headless hunt and and have a social life, or social afterlife? I guess.
1: I I mean, (laughs) it's, uh, you had a note about all the social cues of them still, you know, Following Shall we go
0: into that? A we can bit? if you want. All the ghosts at the party. I mean, like Bloody Baron, even though they're they're all dead, there's nothing that can hurt them. Kind of, because we don't like the Bassilits can, but like the Bloody Baron is still being avoided by everybody. They still have the same social cues as they did when they were alive. Like he is an intimidating, scary, so the creepy don't help. ghost. Right. The chains don't help. So all the other ghosts are like, Let's avoid him and then you have like, um, You know, Hufflepuff's ghosts, the frat fryer being, like, Mr. Social talking to everybody. Which also, that makes me wonder, like, what do they chat about as ghosts? Because, I mean, the idea of, like, oh, this is how I died. This is how you died. Like, that's a one-time topic, I feel like. And then if you want to talk about the real world and, like, what's going on in the living world, maybe you want to talk about that. But would you be interested in that? Because you can't have any impact on it, I'm confused
1: about that, too. Because... Now, this was from JK's, uh, J.K. Rowling's writing on Wizarding World. She said that their knowledge and input stops at time of death. Okay. So, it's so their like, knowledge
0: of, like, the world?
1: Yeah. Like, they can't... Uh, my interpretation of her, writing, of her writing that was they can't gain knowledge while being a ghost. That's how I interpreted it.
0: That seems weird to me.
1: Current events doesn't really apply to them because exactly. they can't
0: So it's like, so what do you talk about?
1: <laughs> what happened up to and including your death, I'm assuming.
0: I guess. But I, I guess that's I, what I she was like... trying
1: to say there. It was like essentially your impact on the world ends at death.
0: Which then makes me wonder of like, you know, Professor Binns. Like he talks about the chamber's secrets. Is that why he doesn't know anyone's name? Because he can't learn their names. Maybe. I mean their their names are similar to. His name. I always took it as like he just didn't care to learn. No, it, might names he he's dead. <laughs> it might be that he
1: actually can't. It might be seriously. It might be that he actually. But Nick seems to know Harry.
0: Yeah, and and he seems like to recognize that he's an important person. Like who has had an impact on the world? Because he's like you know Harry Potter. Right. Can you tell everybody how scary and fascinating you find so the, me? So the
1: rules there are a little like yeah,
0: there's yeah. so much wiggle room, and that's why I love talking about the ghosts. Because like I feel like if I was a Hogwarts student, I would want to find out so much from them, and they, they seem like a, a very underrepresented source. Think in they the just want to know
1: history. Like they'd be a great source of history because they lived yeah. through whatever periods they lived through
0: yeah i mean like if professor bins himself wasn't a ghost i feel like you'd invite them to the class and be like give me tell us your firsthand experience of being in living through whatever was was. columbus
1: a jerk yes or no what do you got (laughs) did he
0: kill you like what's (laughs) the thing there like i don't know And, and and so there's that and there's the social interactions with them and i mean yeah like they die they seem to maintain their um like their human personality, so like Moaning Myrtle, obviously she was young, so she's still yes. that whiny child who's also like, oh boys. Yeah, she's but stuck also, as a teenage girl. Yeah. Yeah, and, and a very insecure um, teenage girl who, you know.
1: Who hasn't emotionally? She or cries mentored, like, so much. But she, but she hasn't moaning. developed right at all. Right. In the time, in the what, 50 something years or whatever since it happened?
0: Right. So, I mean, that's like a very lonely afterlife, too. So, I mean, we know Moaning Myrtle later on, she befriends Malfoy and they have that connection a little bit. But it just makes you wonder, like, what do the ghosts do during the day? Because there's no, I mean, like, they say, like, oh, you become a ghost because you have unfinished business. But what business do the ghosts do? You know, because, like, they're not sleeping. I imagine they kind of patrol that castle, maybe. But the teachers also do that. And it's like, where do you go during the day? What do you do during the day or the night? Does Myr- Myrtle just, like, just literally cry all day long? <laughs> and does the b- Bloody bear just stay there, like, does he go try to find the Grey Lady and she just hides from him all day? It's just, like, an eternity of hide and seek in the castle?
1: I don't even know that the Bloody Baron would even try. Because, I mean, that that story is a dark, tragic story. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he, he bears <clears throat> the punishment that he bears.
0: But I feel like Nick and, and the Fat, fat Friar, I feel like they're social enough that maybe they'd be, like, you know, trying to befriend people and talk to them or something. But, I mean, like, even the fact that he has this letter from the, the hunt makes me think, like, oh, he, he lives a life his afterlife of, of trying to be social and putting together this party and, and getting excited for stuff. And it's like, what do you do during the day? I want to know. What do you
1: think Bin's was during this? Was he just asleep in the future zones again?
0: I feel like he's not a social <laughs> enough person to go to a party.
1: He just slept through it. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'll be there. No, he was like, through. I have
0: grading to do. I can't, I can't come to the party. I'm sorry, you guys. I don't know. It's gotta read this just,
1: dumb kid's essay. I'm again.
0: Like, and it was terrible, I'm sure. I don't know. It's just it's it's fascinating to me to think that these ghosts exist in the castle, and the vast majority of the students one are not scared of them, which I think the first reaction. Well, would, the first years are would initially. be like, yeah. "What's that?" They, they get, get used to them, and then it's just like you know. No one goes to them to talk to them or to ask more questions about them. I mean, maybe it's just because they're, they're preteens and teenagers who live very self-centered lives because that's just the mentality of their age. But you would think that someone would be really like someone like Hermione or, or like, you know, Luna would be fascinated by like, how did you get to this state? What almost happened at death? Like what was that experience like? And, I mean, we know Harry does eventually later, but...
1: I think um, I, I what you mentioned about Luna, I think she obviously shows that she is interested in that kind of stuff because mm. she obviously has She's spoken at length right. with the great Lady. Right. So, and she has her own, you know, history with death. Right. Um, so I think she has shown that kind of reverence. Mm-hmm. Um, it is interesting that Hermione doesn't have that curiosity.
0: Especially if she was so interested with the. She also the doesn't party. have the history
1: of, uh, death. death and, yeah.
0: You know. but, I mean, being a muggle-born, you would think, like, ghosts. you think, like, scary movies and stuff. And then to discover that they exist. And they're not all, like, you know, out to get you. Peeves is more out to get you then, than Nick is. So you'd think it'd just be interesting to interview them. Sure.
1: Yeah. No, um... I'm sure this won't be the last conversation. Well, obviously, because the great lady is <laughs> going to come up and be a big player yeah. down the road.
0: The only other thing, unless there was more about ghosts that you had to add.
1: Oh, no, you're the ghost. Uh... I just love the
0: ghost, you guys. Um, the only other thing I had was with Ginny. Uh, we started the chapter where she's getting pepper-up potion because she was looking pale, which I think it's because she's starting to recognize she's losing her memory. And it's not just, like, one or two times. It's, like... I mean, it's October now. It's been over. That's a big time jump. They took a big time jump. It's a lot of time for her to be having parts of her brain, you know, not there. It's almost two months. Yeah. And so we know the chamber gets opened. She's the one who opens it. So she must have, like, snuck away during the feast, which was very lucky for her since Myrtle is at the death day party and not in the bathroom to witness things. Um... But, like, she, did she, I mean, she wrote the message on the wall, so clearly that took a little bit of time. You know, later she said she found paint on herself and whatever. Um, But I'm wondering if, like, if she did go into the chamber at this point, or if it was just like, eh, I'm going to write the message to let everyone know and be threatened and scared and whatever.
1: I would assume, because the basilisk has been let loose. Right. So I'd assume she's ventured in there to let said best list loose.
0: So you think this is just a? I finally have an opportunity to write a message on the wall without getting caught. No,
1: I, I, I think it's a. Well, I don't know. It's it's not really her thing. It's it's all a riddle thing. Right. Of like which order he wants to do this all in. <laughs> uh, he it just probably- seems like
0: perfect opportunity since everyone's at the feast and all of the ghosts are in their own little area, including. Including Myrtle. Oh yeah, it's a great so opportunity. There's no one to catch her, um, though you would think with the message being written right next to the bathroom, they do a better. It also helps riddle out that of it's the bathroom.
1: a first year that even though she's a Weasley, no one really cares about a first year. Yeah. Unless their name is Harry Potter, no one cares. So <laughs> it, it's it's perfect opportunity for Riddle because it's like if Lucius had given the diary to Ron or Percy or whoever. Mm people would know that they're not where they're supposed to be. Right. Like, you can lose track of a first year real easily, because right. no one has... You
0: haven't seen them especially for Especially early time. in the semester. hmm
1: You're not used to having them there all the time. hmm Um... So, yeah. No, it, it's a brilliant scheme by Riddle. And then, yeah, I'm assuming it's just a fact of order. <laughs> I was like, okay, Baskillus is still alive. It's still there. Roosters have
0: been killed, and
1: we've let it out, Yeah. now we can write the threatening message. Let's
0: freak them all out. Dude.
1: And now we can actually start harming people. Yeah. I mean, that's the, I would assume that would be his bullet point.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's interesting to me that they didn't, I mean, maybe they did do an investigation of the bathroom, but it's like, it's right there. You think they'd be the first place to start really, really checking well, out. Well, they,
1: they've, they, I mean, we can get to this later, because it comes up. But, I mean, they've said they've done thorough searches of the entire castle.
0: Right. I would imagine
1: they've done a thorough search of the entire castle. But they
0: didn't look closely enough.
1: Well, they also didn't have the key. <laughs> it, 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 it hurts when you don't have the actual key, and none of them have it because they can't do it. It's a very rare key. <laughs> but anyway, we can get there when we get there. Yeah. But anything else?
0: Um, I just think it's funny that they have a squib in charge of cleaning the castle. I know that the house help with that, but it is, like...
1: It's cruel and unusual punishment.
0: It really, really is. (laughs) Even with magical cleaning products, it's still, like... Yeah. It could be done way more quickly and efficiently by a wizard who can operate magic in a successful manner.
1: Yeah, you'd think. But, you know, it's... It's Dumbledore giving a job to someone that...
0: Would probably not get hired otherwise. Probably. Yeah. Uh,
1: it's, you know, kindness of his heart to kind of, like...
0: <laughs> it seems like there could be a better job for him to do. That would make him be less bitter, probably.
1: I can't blame him for being bitter. That would just be terrible. Um, but, yeah, and the jealousy that he probably has of all of these students... Yeah. Um, doesn't help. Yeah. So... On that note of bitterness and jealousy, we will end end this death day party (laughs) episode. Uh, Let us know your thoughts. Um, Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you again to all of our new followers. Really awesome that we're growing. So thank you all for that. And uh, for Dan and Elizabeth. Hi, guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Hogwarts, a podcast. If you like what you've heard, please click the subscribe button on your preferred podcasting app and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Pod.